Coming up, nothing drives the left crazier than saying they're going to murder babies, even though they want to murder babies. And an interview with Adam Steen, he's attempting to unseat Robin Voss for the Wisconsin State Assembly. Pablito, let's do what we do. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mike is Always Right podcast. I am your host, Mike, and I am so excited that you chose to join us today. Our second segment is going to have a time with Adam Steen. We've actually already interviewed Adam Steen, and if you want to go back and listen to that, it's really good because it kind of talks about who he is, where he came from, and kind of what formed his belief system. And it was actually a really good kind of an introduction. So if you don't know Adam, Maybe if you don't live in the 63rd district, or maybe if you do live in the 63rd district and you don't know who Adam is, uh, I would recommend you go back and look at that. It has been an amazing week. Um, lots going on, lots to talk about. You know, the biggest thing for me has been some of the uh, internet trolls that have decided to troll me online, the pro-choice people that are trying to sell this nutso uh, concept that we are after or trying to attack women's reproductive rights. I think it's much easier to say, hands off my cervix or, you know, whatever the case may be, instead of, I want to murder babies, because it really does not look good on a bumper sticker. It doesn't look good on a placard or a poster, or it doesn't look good when, you know, you're in conversation with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I support a woman's right to murder a baby. No, what you do is you hide it with the pro-choice message. Message and you make it appear as that old white males with penises want to go after reproductive rights. And I think it's interesting if you look at historically since Roe was actually uh, um, decided by the Supreme Court, the amount of contraceptions that we have today to prevent the proverbial oopses, right? And, and, and here's the deal. Up to and including abstinence, if your career, if your life, if your whatever is that important to you, you don't have to have sex. Well, nobody should tell me when I can have... Okay, great. Then you're, here's the deal. You, there's only a couple different directions we go with this. Number one, take advantage of the many medical things that we have today that can help a woman not get pregnant. There's the pill. There's IUDs. Men can have uh, vasectomies. You can do uh, condoms. I mean, there's so many different ways. I mean, there are apps upon apps upon apps which tell you exactly when your period is going to come, exactly when you are supposed to be fertile, exactly when ovulation is happening. So don't tell me you don't know or you can't know. That's a, that's that's just a terrible terrible argument because it's an untruth you see here's the deal years and years and years ago there started to become this movement that said no 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 i don't need to be accountable for what i do and we're seeing that as we ever ever so slowly march forward to a total socialist takeover where it's not your fault it's someone else's fault oh it's not this and and the biden administration has done an amazing job of this it's always someone else's fault we blame Trump. We blame Russia. We blame, you know, big companies. We do we do all of this different stuff, but we never are willing to accept any sort of personal accountability or personal responsibility. Hey, listen, if your career is so important to you, if going to college is so important to you, finishing high school is so important to you, don't have sex. Public service announcement brought to you by the Mike is Always Right podcast. It is a surefire way to not have children. However, if you are going to be sexually active, there are any one of a number of ways you can prevent yourself from getting pregnant. Why am I having to discuss this in 2022? And to my Republican friends, wherever you are at, if you are even thinking about putting together bills that make getting contraception harder, you're an idiot. Because you can't have it both ways there, Sparky. You can't say, well, we're going to strike down, not going to have abortions here, but we're not going to give the people the access to contraceptives. That's stupid. It is short-sighted, and it ain't going to play. I'll tell you that much. Because if there are responsible people that are doing their job and taking care of business and they're trying not to get pregnant, hey, don't make it any more difficult for them. But what I always hear and I choke on is a couple of different things. Well, what happens with rape and incest? Rape and incest are horrible things. I will tell you this. The mother is a victim. If you have ever had to deal post-rape with somebody, 
with a woman, it's traumatic. It's very sad. I had a few of those when I was a paramedic, and it was just a very horrible situation. The amount of uh, violation, right? And usually it's someone that they knew or maybe someone that they had trusted, and they violated that trust. It's a horrible thing. Women are victims, rape and incest. Men are monsters. They're garbage. They need to be thrown away. And I can tell you this, when you have somebody and and you you talk about, here's the interesting thing, when you talk about pro-choice versus pro-life and then you get all the way down to the end, you talk about the death penalty. Yeah, it's just an interesting thought process that we have where we'll give somebody convicted of, you know, killing and murdering 40 nuns and 10 children 75 different opportunities at clemency or if you do something in the state of tech or of california you're just going to sit on death row and the state's going to pay for you forever check notes charlie manson yeah yeah in the state of texas they will cure you if you're lying cheating stealing raping ways they do that with a needle and you're done but it's interesting you have these men that are just garbage that have violated these women they need to be punished to the fullest extent of the law they need to not be let out so they can do this again there is something fundamentally wrong with them but i ask you and i made this point several episodes ago go back and listen to it adoption versus abortion my stance has not changed and it will not change that baby has nothing to do with the circumstances under how it was created When the sperm fertilizes the egg, it creates what's called a zygote. A zygote basically has everything that is genetically now different from the mother and different from the father. It's its own creation. When I say that creation and and life begins at birth, there's a lot of medical evidence that suggests it. And there's a lot of medical evidence that suggests it isn't. My basic thing is always follow the money. When you have a pro-choice group, and and the pro-lifers do it as well, don't, don't get me wrong. But when you have those groups that are funding the actual research, what conclusion do you think they're going to come to? With everything in my being, I believe that life begins at at conception. With everything in my being, I believe life needs to be protected. There are thousands and thousands of couples just like my wife and I. And all we wanted to do was have the chapter in our lives where we get to raise and rear children, where we get little ones to love, we get little ones to guide, guard, govern, when we get little ones to, to show empathy and compassion and love to. And I'm very fortunate because I have an adopted child and I have a child naturally. And we lost one. We lost a little boy in 2017 and, and I have an audio file from a ultrasound where he was only a few weeks old, if I remember correctly. My mother had come into town and we went and did an ultrasound and you could hear his little heart beating 150, 160 beats a minute. I had that audio file. I pray to God I'd never lose it. Because every now and again, I just go back and I listen to Charlie's heartbeat. And you're telling me it was it was just a clump of cells. I was a little boy and I never got a chance to meet him. I'm, I'm happy I'll be able to meet him in heaven. So you pro-choicers out there who will fight, we will fight you back. We can disagree about so many different things, tax rates. We can disagree about how we tax and spend our immigration policies, drug policies. How's that war on drugs going? (laughs) Not so good. We can disagree on things like income tax, personal income tax. How do we control the best rate of inflation? How the Fed actually uh, works into that. We can talk about how we manufacture, how the EPA protects not only the environment, OSHA protects people. We, we can talk about all that. We can have fundamental disagreements about that stuff because that's all politics. That's all how things are governed, how things are, are done throughout this country. And we can come to a successful uh, moderate conclusion, right? We can do that. We can say, uh, for me over here, I'm saying, you know, let's have a 6% tax rate on personal income and let's not tax people after 65 with income or property tax. And people on the left can say, no, no, that's terrible. We should have a 15% tax rate and, you know, we should not tax elderly people after they're 72 okay we have we have some things out here let's look at them let's see if we can find a good safe compromise and let's go forward that's what this american experience has always been it's always been how do we meet in the middle how do we compromise how do we let everybody's voice be heard you know my dad and i were sitting and we were talking the other day and we were talking about how the country was was formed and we were talking about uh, how you know the smaller states like rhode island and delaware had problems with bigger states like new york and sort south and north carolina how the representation would be very lopsided that's why the great compromise was 
was you get two senators per state right and then you have congressional districts that are drawn up every 10 years you get a census and we and we look at how many seats we need and it's, it's just an amazing thing to me that this democracy this 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 constitutional republic that we have has worked so great and we can look at all that stuff and we can debate that stuff and we can have all the conventions and we can talk about this but one thing is a red line in the sand it will always be for me it will always be on the protection and the sanctity of human life especially human life in the beginning. Well, Michael, aren't you for the death penalty? Yes, because here's the deal. Judgment has to happen in a society. And when you've done things that are so heinous, you've proven to yourself you do not deserve to be in said society. Close book, done. So you can't put let's murder babies on a bumper sticker. You can't put let's murder babies. You can't say I'm a selfish woman. And I'm just so selfish that I want to murder my baby. So you create this red herring argument that says, it's my, my reproductive rights. Nobody can, nobody should, and nobody should ever take away your right to contraception. Take away your right to good medical care. I have two daughters. My God, I want them to be able to have those options. But I will train them. I will teach them the number one way. Honor God, honor yourself. Abstain. Wait till you're married, plan out your family, be strategic about it. Well, some of us don't have those opportunities. Okay, great, but there's a lot of other people out there who are willing to take that child, love that child, raise that child as their own. So coming up, we're going to talk to Adam Steen. Adam Steen is running for uh, 63rd Assembly in the state of Wisconsin. Great guy. If you have the opportunity, like I said, go back and look at the episode that he was in before, uh, which talked about more of his historical background, how he came to be a conservative, how he came to be a Republican, you know, how, things that influenced him. This is going to talk mainly about highways in the hedges, talking to people. What's he hearing? What are some of the things that the constituents are bringing up? Because you got to remember, he is applying for a job currently to represent 60,000 people, a little over 60,000 people in our state assembly. And, and I think if you really, really take the opportunity and listen, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. So Pablito, play the music, and we're going to interview Adam Steen coming up. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Mike is Always Right podcast. I am your host, Mike. Once again, just a wannabe small-time podcaster. You know, I have over a thousand listens and I want to thank my mother for over 900 of them. So uh, I'm here today with Adam Steen. Adam, how you doing, buddy? Wonderful. I mean, my, my mom just puts it on repeat all the time. Oh, she's just yeah. she's always listening, man, giving me those listens. Got to love my mom. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, at we least somebody's listening. Same mother. <laughs> yeah, right, right. At least at least somebody's listening. You know, what's interesting is I I, I have a strong like five to six percent of my total audience is in many many provinces of Germany, and I really can't figure that out because on on my the back end of my program it shows me you know the demographics, who's listening, where they're li and where they're listening, and I'm like, wow, I've got a pretty good you know uh, following in Germany. Uh, you know, me and David Hasloff, of course, you know, <laughs> of course, um, maybe they're just practicing their english maybe <laughs> yeah maybe they're like sauce is good mike yeah you know something <laughs> of that nature so uh we had interviewed adam before adam is running for the 63rd district assembly for the state of wisconsin there's a guy in that seat right now that people like to talk about uh that's robin voss's and that's, that's the funny thing people say you're running for robin voss's seat that's the yes, seat of the do. that's the seat of the people robin don't own that seat you're exactly right. I think a possession's nine tenths of the law is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm here, my germs. Yeah, no, buddy. Let's let's uh yeah. Anyway, so uh I we had talked to Adam before, so all the background information about him. If you want to listen to that episode, you definitely can. Uh I want to get updates, I want to hear about some policy stuff, and let's just let's dive into it. What what are what have things been like on the campaign trail? You're talking to people, you're shaking hands, you're kissing babies, you're shaking babies and kissing hands. I don't know how that works. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a politician. Um, but give me the update, man. How are things been going? They're going really well, Mike. Um, it's, it's actually amazing. We had a, a pints and politics meeting last night at the Racine GOP. And there were a lot of people that have never shown up and multiple speakers made mention of that. Uh, normally, you walk into a room um, 
if you will, as, as a, in, in this world of, of politics. And it's, it's the same group of people at a lot of the meetings. So people are actually getting really, really engaged and they are interested in the, in the game, right? This game we call politics. So I think it's, it's fascinating. The more I've been knocking on doors, um, I've been going to meetings every evening. And I said this last night, the school board meetings, my mind has been completely expanded. Um, I thought I kind of understood, but you've got to be there and you've got to listen to people where they're at. So, Well, do you think um, that it's just the level of misery and chaos that's going on right now where people are finally saying, oh God, I, I, I got to go to this meeting. I got to hear what this is about. I got to explore this candidate or, or this issue. I mean, it seems like there is a level of pain and misery that's being wrought on the people of this country like we haven't seen in decades, and it's finally starting to awaken people. Well, I, th- I think it is, and, and to be fair, um, I think it's actually still continuing to grow. I don't think it's to the level, to be really honest, um, even in 2018 when I ran for Congress, I would talk to people and ask them, what they thought of government, um, how much involvement they had. And, and people are still upset. They'd like to see change, but personally, I, I don't think it's as uncomfortable enough yet, Mike, because the level of engagement isn't quite where it needs to be to, to affect that change, right? Well, and I think it's those hot button issues you 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 just you know mm. just briefly mm-hmm. touched on the school board stuff. You know, yep. the the one of the one of I guess I would say the greatest things that came out of the scamdemic for COVID um, was the fact that kids were now home, adults were now home, and were doing this learning online deal, and parents finally were able to see some of the nonsense that their kids were being taught, and they went, "Hold up, wait a minute," and and you see in Virginia the electing of Governor Yunkin, where that was a major, major soccer mom uh, driven deal. Oh, wait, you're going to tell me that this aren't my kids or I don't have a role in their education. <laughs> uh, no, we're a voting block. And you, you see all of that. I mean, it's just amazing to me to see sort of this awakening. Right. And, and I, I love, you know, not not being from Wisconsin. Pints and politics is probably the most Wisconsin thing. Right. I mean, it is. Let's, <laughs> let's let's grab a beer and talk policy. Truthfully, was there cheese curds there? Give me give me the real scoop. Was there cheese? That, curds there? All we had was pizza, Mike. So, oh. <laughs> no, no cheese curds. so, so what are some of the things that you're hearing? I mean, what are some of the 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 policy things that folks are, you know, taking your hand and shaking it and saying, well, I, I really like it if you did this, if you weren't there. I mean, what, what are, what are you hearing? And I don't know why everybody sounds like Yosemite Sam, but that's they just do, my voice. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get upset. At the hey there, you varmint. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. What a world we live in. So what, what are you hearing? Man? So, um, so really it's, it's a lot of the, like you, you and I like to talk about the 60,000 feet issues. Um, they don't really know how to bring it to the ground. Stuff like, um, the price of fuel, um, the, the price of, of meat beef at the store, um, really just, just production. I've got people that are renting houses, right? Or renting apartments right now because they can't afford to build a house. Uh, I just got to meet with a guy on Sunday who bought land two years ago and he's trying to figure out if he's going to pour concrete and start building a foundation. But I mean, I remember Mike, I know we say this sometimes, but we're not this old and maybe I am this old, but I, I used to pour concrete at 75 bucks a yard, maybe a hundred. That was, that was on the crazy days, but I've been getting quotes with neighbors at somewhere between 130 and up to $180 a yard. I mean, that's, I know it's not the, the 180 is a little high, but that's doubling in my lifetime well and that and that's not not even and that's not even with the you know scrupulous 1930s bankers with the mustaches now let's jack up the price see it's really not that that's just the price of things like fuel right that are just going through the roof that's the cost of trying to maintain your trucks because you can't get the actual physical um parts that you need to maintain Mm -hmm. something you know what i mean so i i to your point it's it's and and we were talking about this offline i think there's a lot of what can you do what can you do what can you do Mm -hmm. um 
And the answer is there are things we can do that we should do, but there's a lot of things we can't control because we are a global society, right? I mean, we depend on other places. And I think that was one of the best appeals of the America First agenda is, hey, listen, if we make energy here, we don't have to depend on people that hate us. If we make things here, you know what I mean? And so to your, to your point, what can we take care of? Well, Mike, that was uh, everything you were just describing. I was thinking about uh, growing up. Um, I know people like to boo-hoo us because we didn't grow up in this state, Mike. But, you know, you learn stuff everywhere you go. Um, I, no matter what, what state you live in, you have a, a worldview perspective. And I, I remember, again, in I'm 40 years old, Mike, 39. Um going to high school, driving the same route every day, watching these factories and, and completely gone. They, they destroyed Warner gear. Um, so these are ball corporation, these uh, canning jars, uh, engine manufacturers, even, even Muncie transmission, uh, these huge powertrain companies, all of them, when, when NAFTA was created, they were all shipped away. So you have this erosion in a short amount of time of, of the possibility of, of creating income for your family, right? And that, that goes for, I remember watching, boy, I haven't, I haven't had cable since 2008, Mike. So <laughs> we don't sit and stare at the TV all the time. So when you're on, uh, sometimes you take off, you, go on, you get to go on a vacation. In the last couple of years, I look at the recycling problem that we had during during 2020 and 2021, we, we couldn't have other countries buy. They refused to ship the materials that we were recycling so they could repurpose it. And that was what, what President Trump was pushing for is we had these plants. We had manufacturers and forges and foundries, and we, we could actually do the work ourselves. And, and that, that, to me, was the huge... I don't know if incentive is the right word, but the draw to everyone in our country, because I've said this before, but I got to summarize it again. If, if you talk about politics, it's, it's two words, poly, which is many and ticks, which are bloodsuckers. And that <laughs> divides people, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what, what people look at and say, Oh, that is so dirty and filthy. But if you look at public policy, Think about the jobs that could be brought back here. I know I'm on a federal level. I'll come down to a state level. But the, the agreements that we can make with other countries that are beneficial to the United States of America. And when you have a policy that, that does put America first, right, you can take that policy and bring it down to a, to a state level. So if, if we have the agreements federally, that's great because then that forces and puts the impetus on us as state legislators to take care of our own backyard. Well, and, and that's where, and that's where you're talking about things like tax policy. You're talking about things like efficiency, it. right? You're talking about things like infrastructure. You're talking about things like making sure that our hospital systems are prepared for whatever comes next. Right. That's oh. uh, that has a lot to do with federal stuff, but that is at the state level as well. And, and so you know, we, we talk about all of these things and I think you're exactly right. You know, the federal system and how the federal system, you know, is, is really botching things, but okay, let's control what we can control within the borders yes. of this state. And hmm. what can we do? Well, Hey, maybe we can look at either lowering or limiting the income tax. Maybe we can look at lowering or, or doing something better with the business taxes, right. And how much we collect as far as that goes. But I don't hear a lot of people talking about efficiency, so, Mike, that <laughs> you're getting good at this interviewing stuff, Mike. Seriously, that's the hey, you know. seriously. Not yeah, don't no. let your head get too big. No, no, no. But, but in all seriousness, so that oh boy, this is a big conversation. I don't know if we have enough time. So, so I'll do one more sixty thousand foot discussion. We'll go down to brass tacks. But when when you look at at government, you look at the, the, the world of, of politics that, that I'm entering into and willing to enter into, the, the conversation oftentimes comes up, how in the world do you 
little old you expect to go into into the assembly as a freshman assemblyman because that apparently makes you go back to high school again and you have to gain your notches like, as you get up all of a sudden height. you're gonna have like acne you know <laughs> oh, guys, guys like me are probably gonna grow hair where you know yep. i don't have a lot of hair up there it's like uh, okay i'm a freshman again here we go yep and and you have to kind of earn your your position in this government that set up as a representative government and and i think without getting too philosophical we we've completely allowed this system to get created so that it is so bogged down in the quagmire of well if you do this for six months and this for seven months then you might be able to get your your hall pass T- time out I'm representing 60, I'm offering, sorry, I'm offering to represent 60,000 people in Madison so that their views can be brought to the state. And when I say, let's talk about public policy, it's not just let's stop arguing, it's let's focus on what people need. And when I, when I, I mean that so much that if, if we would look at the dynamic of the group right now, they are very small majority actually realize what that means. And I think if, if we had assemblymen and women that went to Madison in order to solve these problems, like you and I are talking about, how do we fix the, uh, boy, I've got to look at the number, our tax rate. I mean, we are top 10, I think, in the country yep. um, in Wisconsin. Yep. Um, how, how do we actually cut the spending in our government, like you said, we can control this. Yep. It's not what the federal government's doing. It's not what the, the county's doing. Um, let me give you a perfect, boy, there's so many things in my head trying to dump out at the same time. Let, let's look at the school board. I was listening to the equation, just the very simplified equation, because I wasn't in a committee meeting at a school board meeting here in town to describe the amount of funding that each school gets per student, per kid, depending on what happened a year to a year and a half ahead of that actual school year. So for these guys to budget, it's not simply, let's take the amount of people that we have attending this school, multiply by the property tax rate from the year before, and bingo, we got our operating budget. There's all of these these the quagmire you've said it so well that that just allows it to be distorted and twisted so that and i like to use the word normal because i think i'm relatively normal but a normal person can't look at this problem and say let's solve it right well and i think that and i think the speculation my my speculation is this even if the tax rate stayed the same even if the projections for school board and the monies and everything, mm-hmm. even if all of that stayed the same and we were a mm-hmm. high tax state, but we did a damn good job with that money, <laughs> right? Like you drive around, some of the roads are still really jacked up. Mm-hmm. There are still problems in our schools, funding our schools. So that breeds this contempt that says, well, shoot, you're not even doing good with what we gave you, <laughs> you know, and when we're giving you a lot and, and to your point, Making it a little bit more, and, and I don't know if I, I, I think normal is the word, right? Why can't we normalize some <laughs> of this and, and use maybe more of some common sense? Yeah, and that, and so the, the follow up or the rebuttal is so now what, right? So, yep, it, it's not just normalizing the, the process or the calculation, it's the accountability. Yeah, and I and I, I've said this multiple times. Um, I screwed up, right? Like we all have screwed up. It's not just me. It's not just two or three people. It's we have a voting problem. We have a participation problem. We're giving out all these participation trophies and nobody's actually doing it. It's kind of fascinating. True story, Um, bro. True story. (laughs) So, so if, if we really look at taking personal responsibility, uh, I say this not flippantly, but my grandfather was an 82nd Airborne and his buddies gave their lives so that we could have this amazing experiment, this, this country that was founded on, on Judeo-Christian values, that was founded to, to give hope. And, and I think we've kind of lost track of that. So to, to bring 
to bring it full circle, let's let's go down to some policy things that we really need to discuss because they're not sexy, right? They're not they're not flashy. They're not these uh, um, these fun buzzwords. Let's let's introduce term limits. Let's get rid of the state income tax. Um, no, you just got to say it better. You got to say. We're going to yep. talk about term limits. <laughs> We're going to talk about tax rates. You know, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's it's all in, it's all in how you talk about it. You're yeah. exactly right. So uh, let's look at our state. So um, there's the amount of, when I say waste, um, there's this thing called zero-based budgeting. And I, I know everybody isn't an accountant. I am not an accountant. Um I got an engineering degree and I did get a business minor at Maranatha, but Come on. when you look at the, the issue of our budget in the state of Wisconsin, very seldom do we actually use zero based budgeting where you start every time you get a new elected official in that, in that seat of governor or every two years, sorry, in the state of Wisconsin, you start at zero, Right. And everything that goes into that budget has to be justified and not just, hey, I like you, you like me, you want the same money you had last time. Really look at, do we need to spend this money and are we getting the most efficient use out of those dollars? And this is not a fun process by any means. Well, it's the process that you that you teach your six-year-old when you say, okay, yes. these are needs and these are wants. <laughs> My, yes nobody exactly in government it. nobody in government seems to remember that these are needs <laughs> and these are wants but those okay let's let's go down the policy stuff so i believe the number from that i'm hearing and i've got to look it up i apologize i've been yes kissing a lot of babies and shaking a lot of hands which leaves limited time for true depth in-depth analysis and i'm i'm working on that as we speak but 1,100 bills, I believe, in the Assembly and 1,000 in the Senate were put forward this year. Mike, rough math, the amount of money spent just to write one bill to get it to the Assembly floor, right, between the committee processes, between the Legislative Reference Bureau, all of the manpower that's put into getting one of those bills even close to being able to be voted on, we, we were looking at roughly $150,000, okay, mm -hmm. to write. Why aren't we focused? And when I say we, I, this is the job I'm applying for, right? Yep. Why don't we go into Madison and say, okay, nothing. Tr Trump said it. It was to, he, he said two, two, one in, you got to pull two out. Mm -hmm. how, how about you don't get a bill? You don't even get the opportunity to take your pet project to Madison until you can save one to $2 million. You need to focus on making this state better before you add rules, right? What was that sign in the seven or that sign songs, sign signs everywhere. Sign. <laughs> we're, trying to, we're trying to make more things up that I'm not saying are all bad by any means. I wouldn't even close to generalize, but, Let's let's remove some costs before we add more rules. Well, and, and I've heard and I've heard this on a on a federal level. I know there have been a lot of um, um, talk radio pundits and a lot of different people that write papers and, and opinion articles that have said, listen, if you want to add a dollar to the D.C. Uh, budget, if you want to add a dollar mm -hmm. to the budget, you have to prove to me somewhere you're going to save you know, it's like 50 cents or whatever. Yes. Right. Yep. And like that, that offset. ROI. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> your, your, your return on investment, tell me what that return on investment is going to be. If you have a department that, that has 600 people in it, but really we could, we could do the job. Well, I'm not talking bare bones. I'm talking do the job well with 400. Why do we have those additional people? Well, it's brothers, cousins, uncles, former roommates from college that needed a buddy and he got you elected and he gave money to your campaign or whatever the case may be. And that's how the swamp monster just propitiates, right? Mm. And so it's a, it's a very interesting thing because I, I can only imagine, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and doing all that stuff. And, and really there's sort of a, listen, 
there's only a certain amount of things we can do. Now we need to do those things, but Hey, I'm not the savior, buddy. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like how, how do you get that across to people? Cause that's a difficult thing. It, it really is. And oh boy, this is really fun, Mike. I mean, it, it's not, not to expand your, your cranium size, but for us to, to have a discussion with somebody who is right now, trying to pay for, I think I paid 490, no, 445 for fuel. Um, and that's the cheap stuff. So from, from paying that for fuel, for trying to, to uh, get their kids back and forth to all of these, these practices and games, um, their, their focus is not on the how, right? That's, that's why our system was set up to elect representatives to do the work for the, for us. Yeah. And I think we've taken that for granted. So when I'm sitting talking to somebody, I, I, I mean this with everything in me, it is really, really difficult to have a meaningful conversation without the distractions, because there are lots of issues that can easily distract us and set us on a different path in a conversation that doesn't really get down to the, to the rubber hitting the road. And I, I don't have the solution other than when, when I say I don't have the solution to actually get people to focus on the issues at hand in order to, to come up with a solution. So what I like to talk to people about is if, if you're going to keep sending the same person back to represent you, is that a, is that a good thing? Because you're focused on lots of other issues. Is, is that, your fault? Well, yeah, I think it is. It, it's your fault for saying, well, they were there last year. We might as well let them keep going back because it takes effort, Mike. It takes effort to change. And I think that that's, that's our nature. Our nature is not to go against the grain because it's, it's comfortable. Well, and I think that's the argument. That's the argument for things like term limits. I don't think my own personal opinion Yes. I don't think yes. that that term limits were something that the founding fathers, they debated, but I don't think they put it in the Constitution. And no. the reason being is I think they didn't want a good hearted, yep. humble public servant to be taken away for an arbitrary rule. It, it comes down to the and Obama thing. Exactly. If, oh. if, if you like your health care, if you like your doctor, you keep it. No, if you like no. your representative, <laughs> right, you should be able to keep them. But there are so many, and I'm going to say it, and I don't want to be ugly because this is, this is the people. There are so many voters who are ignorant to what actually goes on. And then you keep putting the same knuckleheads in office and then they keep saying, well, if we, we need term limits. Well, do you really? Maybe if you were just educated and you understood the issues, you would have voted for the other guy because the other guy made more sense. Right. Thank and that, that's nailed it. It, it. it just kind of blows my mind. I think we've become a very lazy electorate. We've become a very ill-informed and we, we like the things that we like and we don't pay attention too much. Now there's this misery. There's this chaos. And suddenly we want to get involved. And, we want, and that's great. But we need to sustain that. And so talking about, and let's let's pivot to the elephant in the room. Yes. The, pivot. <laughs> the, the, the convention that's going on as of this recording, mm. the convention for the RPW is going to be happening in the beautiful Wisconsin Dells. And they're going to have a great meeting. Uh, no, their meeting is going to nope, be chaos. Sorry. Yeah, their meeting is going to be chaos. And if I had popcorn, it would have extra butter on it. Um mm. But let's talk about that because you you talk about things like term limits, you talk about stuff like that. We've gone through just a brutal season and it's not over yet for primaries. And now we're going to make our picks and it's like, okay, what choices do we have? Yep. And that's, so it's funny that you say that the term limit argument, because uh, what, what you hear <clears throat> and the, the comments that you get, um, people don't like being told they're wrong, right? We, we like to think that we are, not unstoppable, but that we have, we have all this knowledge. Well, that, I mean, we, that's, that's, that's my issue. I'm always right. So exactly. You're you know. always right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to my wife, she just, she just laughs hysterically. No, go on. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your point. You have to have an outlet, Mike. It's okay. <laughs> right. Right. And this is Might it. Might as well be the podcast. That's but, right. But in all seriousness, that 
when when you are attempting to, if you will, convince someone, like th this is the system that we've set up. You, you and I have said this a couple of times. It is what it is, but the system you set up is you, you would like to succeed, which success means in this case, getting elected. And the standard by which you are elected is very, very seldom your, your I'm gonna put air quotes around it, your political savvy. It is, it is your ability to communicate and to communicate a message well so that others will jump on that bandwagon. And it's not so much the standard of, are you gonna do what's right for my family? And let's go back to the convention. Is, is that system the right system? I think we talked about this before off, offline. Um, the system of, of convention and parties, it, it's what we have. If you don't like it, change it, right? Participate. Get, get involved and change it. There you go. That's yeah. the word. Yes. Yeah. Get involved. And so I've had lots of conversations about people. Well, I don't like this about the party. I don't like this about... Um, I was actually at the this county, so I live in Racine County. I was at the meeting last night. There are roughly sixty thousand. I think it's between fifty-five and sixty, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what census you look at. Um, and there were just under a hundred people there. Mm -hmm. So when we start filling up a stadium of people that are are upset and frustrated and ready to change something then we're going to see some of this this change come into effect yeah but when you don't have the people that that want to take out of their schedule to come and learn from from the guys that are actually doing the job right now we have both our state assembly and our state senators there and we can ask them questions that, that's the goal that sorry i was told that i um that we weren't going to do a debate because I wasn't a seated politician. So because I wasn't <laughs> elected office. So we, we had our elected officials there. Yeah. Ask them questions and press them on, on issues. And we, there weren't, there wasn't the engagement. There was yeah. lots of people there that were engaged, but we need to go to these meetings and we need to see, show our interest and let's let, go to the convention. There are, Boy, the Republican Party of Racine County has 180, no, 115 people that were delegates at the county meeting. Yeah. So you know the caucus process, right? You start yep. start local, then you yep. go to the district, then you go yep. to the state. Yep. We have had fewer, so fewer people at each level um, be delegates to actually let their voices be heard from a county level. Mm -hmm. And that that to me just it it proves out the fact that we're we're upset we're frustrated we're angry until it takes more time yeah and and that's and that's the interesting thing that that you look at you have candidates that are that are upset and and you can you can say they're probably rightly upset but but here here's sure. the thing and this is and this is where it gets me when when the rpw declares somebody as not viable and they get yeah. mad and oh no I'm, I'm i'm i should be able to speak and i'm a viable candidate Listen, these were the rules. I don't necessarily like the rules, but these are the rules that that we are, are working with currently, right? Like when people, uh, when we were doing the debate for the lieutenant governor and, and for the AG, one of the questions that kept, that kept coming up was, do you think Joe Biden is the legitimate sitting president? And, and my and my response, I almost wanted to laugh when I kept getting those questions because I'm like, listen, you may not like it. I may not like it. The oath of office was administered. This is what this is. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's like, hey, guys, you may not like the rules that the RPW has, but these are the rules that they are in place. And mm -hmm. if the, the shoe is on the other foot and you were the candidate that was declared viable, you would want the support. You'd want the money. You'd want all of that stuff. Right. But mm -hmm. you, you, you didn't make it, buddy. I'm sorry. This isn't where we're at. And, and I think and I think that's a difficult pill to swallow for somebody who's put in a lot of time, work and effort. But this is the game. Right. And that, oh man, that, that standard is something that we fight with our entire lives, right? It's not just our W standard. It's yeah, yeah. Do you do you want to um, aspire to 
well, what did the government call us? Um, essential or non-essential work. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, no matter how you break it up, you're all, there's always, I told my daughter this in 2018, and I meant this with all my heart. Everybody doesn't win, Mike. We've, we talk about participation trophies. We talk about life in general and trying to succeed. But that level of success is 100% dependent on your definition of success. And when we look at who, who wins a race, there are winners, but there's, there's got to be losers. Because if you don't have that, if you will, dichotomy, if you don't have that d- division of, of winning versus losing, you, you don't always have this drive to become better because there's no consequence for your actions. So when it comes to RPW setting a standard, um, lots of people uh, talk about the, the Tea Party issue. What, what happened to the Tea Party? Well, they were, the RPW took it over. Well, maybe, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I'm not, like you said, we're not going to sit here and split hairs over what, what the process by which it happened. Yeah. But we, the people, decided that, that the sitting in the parties tent was just as as good as sitting out by ourselves in our tea party tent so who do you blame right yeah yeah i think it's personal personal responsibility is what i'm getting at well it's it's people it's people getting involved yeah it comes back to us it comes back you know if it's if it's the old adage if it is to be it's up to me you know what i mean and 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 how does that and how does that play into so while while we while we wind this down and 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 really i want to get from you Yes. So, so, so we go through this process. We go through this. You, you are gonna, you're gonna be elected. You're gonna be sworn in. Okay, great. Now you're working, and, and I'm, I want to take it to the end because I like asking this question. I, I, I've asked this to several questions before. What are three things that you want your legacy to be when elected to this mm-hmm. position when you're done with this position? Three things you would say legacy when they talk about Adam. When he was in the state assembly for 63rd district, he unseated Robin mm-hmm. Voss. He came in like mm-hmm. gangbusters, and this guy was taking care of business. These are the three things they're going to talk about when you're gone. Wow, you like to condense and distill really quickly. I can go you through know, the process of distillation, but that's that's pretty good. I love it. You're talking whiskey. <laughs> you're talking whiskey talk, and I like it. Oh man, I like it. No, and really though, so brass brass tax. I I, I truly believe that our country was founded so that we could have representatives in this government and a representative takes the will of the people. And what, what I, what I see are, are big issues um, that don't, I'll try to stay out of the weeds um, are uh, the, the election process, that which, which we have um, people are just, they're just confused. And I would like to see that clarified. And I've said it in eight words in person on paper hand count one day, but I really would like to see members of the assembly and I (laughs) have a conversation um, actually go through the process of taking our laws that exist. And I know I'm a realist, Mike, I'm not going to sit here and say, we're going to upset the entire statute for election laws, but I don't want to write new bills. I want to take the laws that we have and write them so that they are clear, legible, and understandable to to normal people. And that there's not a question of, I was listening to the Supreme Court arguing um, uh, two, two and a half weeks ago about what it, what the definition of was put a parcel in the mail. My eight-year-old knows what, (laughs) <laughs> take a parcel right so how many angels can dance on a pinhead exactly but but to me i would sorry the one of the the first issues is when i say clean it up i mean look at the laws that exist and don't add language to them my the, the assembly added they wrote 17 bills mike you had one job they wrote 17 bills that were affecting election laws and all they did was add language to the statutes. I read them. They didn't simplify them. They didn't complete the, correct the process. They added language to them. 
I mean, if your job is to write and pass law, do it right. Don't just throw something out there and hope it sticks and say, well, we passed 17 bills. But that's not what we're supposed to do. So first of all, let's, and this is a muddy process because my, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to go all the way down, be able to go all the way down to the precinct level, which is where it needs to happen and work on precinct distribution because it is horrid right now. Racine mm-hmm. County, you have anywhere from the highest precinct was 6,000 voters and the lowest was 210. So we need to do a little bit of shuffling right, and make it possible so that we can go back to our, I guess, controlled process of looking at a piece of paper and saying this is this is how we voted okay so let's that's the so first so first legacy that's... issue would be the the cleaning up and the and this the simple simplization is that a word simple is making yeah. making our elections simpler and you know easier right so yes. so we can make sure that we better define them and and really strengthen some of our election laws okay correct and adding For, teeth right? and adding teeth to it all right yep second okay. legacy second. issue um I really believe that our the Second Amendment is critical, um, and and I would like to see a bill that that was written in 2018. I would like to see that brought forth. It was called constitutional carry. Um, this isn't a, a divided by socioeconomic issue, by um, political issue. This issue is uh, if you walk onto um, a school playground right now to pick up your kids after school and you have a firearm, that's a class, I think it's a B or C felony. Yep. Um, and if you have heard about the city of Milwaukee or even Racine, um, there's a lot of violence. And I don't believe that the violence that's happening is going to go away by limiting someone's ability to protect themselves. So this isn't a hunting issue. This isn't a fishing issue. This isn't a... Um, stereotypic well you just want more guns in the wrong hand uh, i believe this issue is something that everyone should be able to to support because it's good for everyone right? well and it's, it's and it's difficult and it's difficult when you have uh you know somebody that's intent of doing bad things and it's really easy for them to do those bad things when nobody's returning fire to them <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> you it. know yep. when nobody when nobody's returning fire it's really easy <sighs> to pick off people and and it's it's just amazes me because the mentality when you say what is the only thing that that stops a bad guy with a gun a good guy with a gun when people say why do cops carry guns cops carry guns to protect themselves why do i carry a gun because most cops are too heavy to carry so <laughs> this is why we need to strengthen that so strengthening our second amendment constitutional carry i'm picking up what you're putting down i'm digging that as your second legacy mm-hmm. let's let's mm-hmm. talk let's talk at the third let's let's go for the trifecta well the third issue is um we, we look at our educational system okay um we have should i say major problems that might be an understatement um mm-hmm. we have some issues that are going on. And, and I personally believe that um, there's a fellow by the name of Dr. Duke Pesta. He's a professor at Oshkosh, uh, English professor. Um, he's done a, a pretty good job of summarizing the history of where we've come from and where we are and how a lot of these things, I hate that stuff and junk and things, right, Mike? Yep, yep. How this stuff and junk and things got into our educational system. But to both of our points today, we are where we are. And if we are going to move forward, we have to take action. And the action that I see that is the most direct is to introduce this crazy concept called universal school choice. What, what, what? By universal school choice, I don't mean, well, you can pick where you wanna go. No, that that's great. Um, this free enterprise that we have in the United States. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. We, we, we what? got you back. That was weird. I was at four bars just checking in. That's all yeah, right. That was weird. Okay. So school, I, 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 I surmised that the teachers union just got to you. They're quick, man. <laughs> They're really quick. Let, so u- universal school choice. Let's get back to that. So, so universal school choice doesn't just mean that you get a pick where you go to school. So, 
what what I'm talking about is is free enterprise and the ability to drive competition. And so competition doesn't exist if you still get paid no matter what you do. And people don't like hearing this because it's, man, that's awful tough. What happens if we have schools that are failing? Um, well, uh, let me think about this. So I have, let's talk about a hardware store. If I don't have competitive prices, nobody's going to walk into this store. If I don't, if I don't teach my daughters in ballet, if her ballet instructor isn't communicating clearly and driving what I would call results, then you look at a different option, right? You, you look at the next competitive position to find someone else that knows how to do this job better. So um, I, I'm not talking about firing teachers. I'm talking about driving teachers to want to excel to a level that they are the best in their field. And if enough people decide that I'm not going to send my kids to your school, you're not going to be able to operate that school. Well, there the ex the exodus from public teachers. schools has been amazing in the last several years. The last couple well, of years, yeah. you know, between between homeschool, between private schools, between these these pods, I, I've I've heard of many education. Yep, yep, yep. These micro education pods where you know you have ten families that get together and they all share a little bit of an expense and they hire a teacher and the teacher teaches those ten kids. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's an amazing thing that. The wonderful, beautiful blessing, and a lot of people will hate this, but the wonderful, beautiful blessing of capitalism and making sure that we are competitive just seemingly got brought out of the education system decades ago, and we have what we have right now because of that, because yep. there is no fair competition. You just pay your taxes, and it goes to the schools, and if your schools are great, then then you're great, you're happy. If your schools are crappy, then, you know you don't get the best education it doesn't, yeah. and it yeah and it doesn't set people up for success and now we want to talk about social issues and crt and all this stuff and what blows my mind is you got kids in china going to school six days a week learning complex math so that they can compete for the jobs of the future and we're here sitting and you're talking about boys have a penis girls have a vagina or maybe not or maybe they do or maybe you won't and we're like wait, mm -hmm. wait what is that how it works is that yeah. how it works wait what so your to your point, Mike, that 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 competition is is a basic concept, right? We 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 think it as as a basic concept, but we've removed it from a lot of these discussions on government because they it gets twisted into I hate teachers or yeah. I hate people. No, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, this is uh, America. America was was founded on this this thing called freedom. And I think, if I may be so bold, that, that we do have a, a group of people that, that are sitting on their capitalistic couches that, that would love to see socialism come here. But they don't, un, yet again, in my professional opinion, they don't realize what they have. Now, what was that song? They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Yep, yep. Um, but we, we have such amazing opportunities in this country. And... I think we need to see it fleshed out again so that we can, it's almost like this, this it's not a revolution, but this, this great awakening to see what's possible. But before you can see this, this awakening, this, this re rebirth, if you will, that it's going to be hard. It's got to be hard first. And we don't want hard times on top of hard times, right? Everybody wants, wants lollipops and roses and, and fluffy rainbows because it's it's easy but if if we're willing to do the work and see the change we're going to see extreme benefits and in in closing i want to just say that i have goals and i have a vision but i'm going into i'm i'm offering to represent 60,000 people in a group of 99 other people. I, I have a vision and a goal. I have to bring that vision forward and present it to the group. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I will go in and change the entire minds of every single person there. But I think we need to have that, that conversation and somebody needs to start speaking up and saying, this is what's right 
for the people, for we the people. And if you do say that and, and you get other people in, that, in those offices that have the same vision, then I see lots of progress being, being able to be made, not just, well, what's right for the party, right? Not what's right for, for this group or that group. Then I think we can actually see, see change put forward. Well, and, and progress and momentum are two things that I think really will work themselves in a in a wheel type fashion. You you get a little bit of progress because you're getting that momentum, and then you're doing positive things. And I always like to tell people, especially at, at my my place of employment, I always tell them, I say, you know, listen, the wheels of change move. Sometimes they just move incredibly slow. But uh, if we can get that one, just that one percent growth, and we start to compound that, um, you know, it it, be, it turns into big dividends. So, um, where are you going to be next? What's coming up next on your agenda for you? How can people give? How can how can you know the big fat cats? I mean, I'm not going to lie, there's some fat sure. cats that listen to this podcast. You know, <laughs> they've got some deep pockets. Mom, send a check. Um, Mom, no, hurry where, up. Start, yeah, writing. start writing. Um, where where are you going to be at? How can we get in better contact with you? How can we watch and and support you? Sure. So um, the, the very best way is the website. So it's Steen for us, S-T-E-E-N-F-O-R-U-S.com. Um, I, I say this a lot, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to change because it's time, talent, or treasure, Mike. Yep. It's, it's if you want to see this change, it takes effort. Um, I think I've got the time thing down. Uh, I got back at 10, 30, 11, 12 o'clock. I can't remember what it was last night after I packed up and trucked all my uh paraphernalia home yeah <laughs> yeah um but the, the the talent or treasure is uh i i need people that have this vision that have the the willingness to say i would like to see this change brought forth um and i i'd be the mouthpiece but i really need men and women to step up and say <clears throat> i'm 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 with you and here's what i'm going to do so the Wisconsin election laws only allow you to give me a maximum of $1,000. And to some people, that's a lot of money. And to some people, that's a little money. But whether it's 25 bucks, 50 bucks, um, please consider just putting something forward to show that you are engaged, that you are willing to put your money where your mouth is and say, we, we would like to see this change come to Madison. Um, the policies that we've seen aren't pushing forward the values that we that we espouse. They're not bad, but they're not good enough. And we would like to see something different. So where we're going next, uh, we have the state convention coming up. Um, that that's that's important because you get to see the work of all the the last three months come to fruition and and see what the the people, if you will that are engaged that are in the party what what they are are going to do and decide as a collective uh so that's next um we're coming into this thing called summer and people like to go on vacations um <laughs> we have uh we have parades coming up uh we have uh honoring our veterans for memorial day um that's going to be the next next coming up weekend but but really my goal is to continue to meet people where they are. So if I have to go to the meetings where they're at, that's where I'm going, um, going to the farmer's markets and, and really talking to people because those people are who I'm offering to represent, not just a few, but everyone. So uh, that's what we're up to. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. It's all on the website. All the socials, all the socials. All so steenfourus.com. You can go, you yep. can get money. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for stopping by. I really appreciate that. Um, let's get another update here, maybe in a couple weeks and and see what's going on and, and really, really um, dig down into this because I think you're right. There needs to be, there needs to be a sacrifice. There needs to be an investment right if you want to see uh change happen because if you do what you've always done you're going to get what you always got and that is the clear definition of society if you do nothing different so uh thank you so much for joining us today buddy thanks sir i appreciate it have a great day all right man well, that was really fun talking to Adam. I, I really enjoy talking to him. I get a chance to text and, and chat with him every now and again. He's just a really good guy, a really genuine guy. And just as a note, I know that the 
uh, uh, the RPW convention was in Wisconsin Dells. I had a mind fart when I had that. So uh, everybody send me nasty emails. No, I wasn't there. I know. I, I made a mistake. I apologize. Uh, I, I'm always right, but sometimes I'm not correct. So, uh, But listen, Adam's a great guy. I think he really deserves your scrutiny. I think he really deserves a good look. And even if you don't live in the 63rd District, think about sending him some money. It takes money to, uh, to do a campaign, to generate things, to get all the signs and banners and placards and everything you need to put out there. And it takes money for that stuff to work. And so really, I, I want you to go visit his website. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes so that you have the ability to $10,000, $20,000. Hey, if you got it to give, he is a good, good, good place to sow into. Good, good fertile ground because I believe he's going to do a great thing. He has a respect. He has a love for the state, for the people that he wants to serve and for the Constitution. And really, you can't go wrong with that. And uh, if you do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you already got. And that is literally the definition of insanity. And we don't want to do that. So I think we need some new blood in there. Somebody who truly has the will of the people behind him. Somebody who really, really understands the Constitution and wants to roll up his sleeves and get into work. And uh, that's Adam. So please, please, please go over, visit his website. And until next time, please be the change that you want to see. Smile, show love, show appreciation, and hold the line on everything when we talk about being pro-life. Have a great one. We'll talk to you all later.